Hi, I'm Sarah, and today we're talking about tourism. This is slightly problematic, but we're getting better. Shout out to all the travelers who chose to stay home the last 11 months. <laughs> How does it feel to go to your favorite place, especially somewhere you've been before and you know you'll be returning with family and friends? Is it a pilgrimage? Is it part of your heritage? Was it part of someone else's heritage first? Why do you keep going there? The U.S. travel and tourism industry generated over $1.6 trillion in economic output in 2017, supporting 7.8 million in U.S. jobs. U.S. tourism involves huge companies and small businesses alike. There are branded and chain destinations, and there are once-in-a-lifetime unique experiences. Tourism is something we do to feel fancy, to treat ourselves, to test our comfort zones. Tourism defines the modern individual in that if people do not travel, they lose status. Travel is a marker of status. Once you go and come back, you carry currency in stories, pictures, and possibly items unique to you. My research focuses on historical tourism and film-induced tourism. I'm interested in places that have been around for generations, and I'm interested in places that have been featured in TV shows and movies. I'm susceptible to good storytelling. What can I say? Let's start with historical old places. Old places are like the air we breathe, surrounding us, sustaining us, influencing us, even a part of us. I'm not just talking about historic buildings. Think about how old land, water, and sky are. Stepping into an old place centers us in our time, but also has the power to bring us out of time. This is when you think about all the people who ever have or ever will visit this place, and you think about all the events that ever have or will take place where you are. Anthropologist Keith Basso worked with members of the Western Apache tribe to create a map with Western Apache names instead of settler colonial names. While working on the project, he wrote a book about how the Western Apache use places in their storytelling. Place is critically important to identity because what people make of their places is closely connected to what they make of themselves as members of society and inhabitants of the earth. Landscapes stretch far beyond the human conception of time and space. Therefore, how we treat it is very much a reflection of our past, present, and future values. Dr. Glenn Coltard, a Yellow Knives Diné and Indigenous Studies professor in British Columbia calls this concept grounded normativity or the modalities of indigenous land-connected practices and long-standing experiential knowledge that inform and structure our ethical engagements with the world and our relationships with human and non-human others over time. Place is very important to our individual long-term identities. When you are visiting or thinking about an old place, that old place is carrying some of your intangible heritage. Intangible heritage being ideas, customs, skills associated with culture, anything that isn't a physical object, which includes vast rolling landscapes featured in storytelling. It is important to know that we are rooted in something that will exist beyond our short human length lives. If we agree that old places are heritage sites, and we do, is it a pilgrimage to visit them? Tourism serves as modern pilgrimages, where tourists quest for authenticity rather than something sacred, leading sites to create staged authenticity. Stage authenticity is the balance created by the tourism site and the audience. The tourism site 
between reality and predictability and the audience accepting the necessary preparedness in order to receive that experience. The tourist seeking stage authenticity is unlike the religious pilgrim who pays homage to a single sacred site. The tourist pays homage to a large array of centers and attractions. Stage authenticity and cultural tourism becomes problematic in relation to the power dynamics of the places being toured, who controls access to those places, which stories are told and how, and what the tourists actually come to see. Stage authenticity is also something in which filmmakers excel and brings us to film-induced tourism. Dr. Sue Beaton wrote the book on film-induced tourism. She defines film-induced tourism to include all visual media and relates to on-location tourism following the success of a movie made or set in a particular region. Film-induced tourism can be sudden, like in the case of the Star's Outlander series. Scottish film locations reported up to a 200% increase in visitor activity following the Outlander premiere. This is because Outlander binds a gripping emotional story to a visual landscape that is accessible to a loyal fan base. And just for context, Outlander is a historically inspired series by Diana Gabaldon, set partially in 1700 Scotland. These stories are grounded in a historical time and place without being historical themselves. The balance between history and historically inspired suggests that guests are less interested in authentic tourism and are looking for the stage authenticity of a society focused on infotainment, which is how to learn in the most fun way possible. Well-managed destinations see that demand and provide themed education related to the associated films. As research on film-induced tourism suggests, tourists are more likely to visit a film location with which they have a personal attachment. The personal attachment means that tourists have seen the film, they liked the film, and they liked it enough to go experience it again during vacation. This time, they're not just watching it, they're living it. People are becoming more intentional with their tourism as well. They are re-evaluating their tourism experiences, opting to avoid commercial and shallow exploitations of culture, where people featured are not seeing the profits, and they had little or no say in how they are being represented. In order to get better, heritage and film-induced tourism sites must balance scholarly information with popular information. They must balance the need for tourism dollars with the cost of heritage, lest they become more problematic. And that's it for tourism this time around. With all this talk of land and identity and place, I come from unceded Arapaho, Cheyenne, and Ute territory in Colorado. And I went to a school founded by a guy responsible for the genocide of the Arapaho and Cheyenne people. I am currently living on Concal Mayu land in California, and I'm surrounded by places named after a guy who enslaved them. I think that's messed up. If you want to know more about whose land you're occupying, you can go to native-land.ca and find out. Once you've done that, look to see if those tribes need donations or other forms of support. It's always free to follow them online and on social media. We also have a list of indigenous organizations on our website, and we try to keep it up to date. Just go to the Acknowledgement tab. If you learned something from this installment of Slightly Problematic, give us a like. If you learned two things, maybe subscribe and leave a comment. You can visit us online at slightlyproblematic.net or talk to us on social media using at slightprob.net. Thanks, and until next time.